What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk, the only, well, I wouldn't say the only, but certainly the best podcast out there to do with knives. The number one. The number one, number one in the world. In the world. That's it. With myself, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives, um, as always, Jeff Fader of Fader Knives, and hoping to join us today, having some technical issues, is Moreko Mamasi of Mamasi Fire Arts, and of Full Blast fame from this week, too where Jeff and Mareko did an episode of Jeff's uh, podcast, Full Blast, which was incredible. If you haven't listened to it yet, make sure you go and listen. It's It was a masterclass in interviewing. Wow, thank you. It really was. Really I appreciate was. that. We had a good yeah. time. It was good. It was good. Of How all are the, you, Jeff? Of all the episodes I've ever done, Mareko's was the one that I was the most careful about for a long time because I really wanted... You know, when I do Full Blast, I really want it to be something that the guests are proud of, that they could show their parents. And I wanted, yeah. I really was trying to, really wanted to give someone something different with Mareko, and he was very willing. And he, you know, the, half of the, as you know with interviews, half of it's your dance partner. So Mareko was into it, and he he was very unguarded. Uh, we are going to definitely have to figure out something different in terms of the, the timing of Knife Talk, because, like, he is a different guy once he's awake. <laughs> I mean, yeah. totally different. <laughs> You know, oh yeah, and uh, well, you mentioned dancing, and that man can dance too. Apparently, I, that was probably one of the most interesting parts of the episode because I, I, I'd always, I'd always heard that like he was a salsa dancing thing, and I thought there has to be something there, and it turns out that you know it was, it was a huge. I mean, it was a giant fork in the road of his life. I mean, mm. you want to talk about razor thin margins of how your life goes? I mean, that was like. I mean, that was a pivotal moment in his life. I mean, if he didn't do that salsa dancing class, he, he might be 
you know, a pizza guy, you know, yeah. in northern uh, Washington, you know. So if you haven't heard it, surely that's piqued your interest. Oh, for Morocco sure. Morocco as a salsa instructor. So go, go and listen at Full Blast this week. It's a really, really good interview. Well, thank you very much. What else have you been up to, Jeff? What's well, been going it's, on this fun- week? it's funny. I, I, this is something I wanted to talk about for a while. Have you ever gotten a con- an email or contact to be a consultant? No. On, on what? What type of well, consultant? You know, when you, you hear enough of from adults, you think this is an adult moment where, you know, someone's, oh, I, was, I was consulted. I was asked to consult <laughs> on this project. And, I'm, and I, so I get this email from this company in, uh, in Texas. And P.S., my heart's out for the people in Texas. Texas right now is like, what a what a disaster! I'm so mm. sorry for what's going on. But this company sent me this message saying, "We we want to. We what are your fees for being a consultant? We want you to consult on a project that we're planning on doing." And I said, "Well, I sent him. I was like, I mean, I got the email. I was just like, yeah, I'm an adult now. I'm getting offers <laughs> to be a consultant. I want to be a fucking consultant. That's a adult shit." <laughs> So before I said, here, here here it is, you know, I thought, maybe get some more information on this company. So I sent him a message saying, well, you know, it's hard for me to figure that out. Tell me about your company and what the scope of the work is. And it turns out they're this startup company in Texas who is designing a very inexpensive knife and their target are the people of India. What? Yeah. So How strange. Yeah. That's why I thought it was crazy. So like, you know, he's like, we're looking to make, you know, the people, you know, people of India, Indian cooks, they have a, they can't, they can't afford a certain price point for knives. So we're trying to address a market that is underserved, the people of India. So these are American made knives being sold into India. Obviously, they're not going to be manufactured in America, but it was very much along the lines of this guy. You know, obviously, somebody's just like, yeah, let's let's find this. You know, let's get somebody to like put their stamp of approval on these bullshit Indian knives <laughs> made from <laughs> you designed in Texas, probably fabricated in who knows where, and then and then their target audience is you know it's a and I was just like, yo, I hear Forge and Fire selling a two piece set for eleven dollars. You're not going to beat that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I had to like, I had to, it was, it was all of a sudden I thought I was like the big shot adult to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't put my name on this. I'm sorry. I can't be, you know, shilling. To rain you know, in those expectations. Six dollar yeah. knives, you know, six dollar chef knives to some poor guy in Bangladesh or, or Bombay, you know. Fade approved. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been cold um, and um, more snow and, now we're starting. We're getting ready for a little more snow, but uh, I got some work done. I got. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm chewing up. I'm chewing up my chewing up my list, which is great. So I got to uh, finish some knives, and then uh, we had a nice little windfall this past week, and um, we're gonna invest in getting some more knives cut out from uh, different style knives cut out from New Jersey Steel Baron. My buddy's there, and then actually, you know what? I messaged you because I, I spent uh, one of the afternoons, my kid was, was my, you know, my kid's been home almost, or now on a year, coming up mm. on a year. So, like, I tried to take her to do things. We went to this small town in the north of us, and we went to this little mountaineering store, and I bought, a, I bought this knife for $20, $29. It was a Petzl, P-E-T-Z-L. I think P-E-T-Z-L. It's like a mountaineering knife. I only bought it because it looked interesting yeah $29 and on the inside it was made in tears ah that 
I was surprised when you said that because Diaz has a very sort of definite shape. Um, but I mean, I've just looked them up now. Um, yeah, it's Tiers made, yeah. But yeah, really inexpensive, and it's got this really different sort of mechanism, hasn't it, for sort of opening the fold. It the fold. Well, it's 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 a. It was like a, I thought it was three D printed, but you're right. It, it was probably like a mold. Mm. But I, all I could think of is like, how are they making these knives in France and sending them to the United States and selling it for twenty nine bucks in a retail shop? Yeah, crazy, crazy, and you know. Import, export, all the rest as well. How they're still making a profit? It's crazy. I, it's crazy, but it, what it did was it got me all fired up. So I had I made it a friction folder. Mm. I had to break up the monotony and made a friction folder, and I used um, some subway old sub old uh, New York City uh, MTA tokens. It used to have a hole in the middle, and then uh, the the hole in the middle was made it perfect for the washers. So I was able to kind of do that, and that was fun, and made me kind of want to do them again. Yeah, I did see that picture. That did look really cool. Yeah, and that fun. was that was art, my friend. That it, was well, art. it was meant to be a little <laughs> bit sculpture-y. So. <laughs> uh, but I mean, we just briefly mentioned, um, you know, how are they making a profit if they're you know importing them into the U.S. and they're still selling them for like twenty dollars? Um, but that's a problem that lots of people are facing at the moment, um, particularly in the U- U.K. and you know, with myself in Europe. Quite a few of my customers are obviously in the UK. Um, and there's this whole thing with Brexit. And I've been speaking to other makers. I've spoken to Fingal about it. And I spoke to uh, Toma at Florentine. And the way we've been sort of getting around that is basically marking down the price for shipping. So you're paying less sort of VAT. Uh, sorry, well, less export tax um, by saying that it's worth less. Um, but what that that's obviously affecting your insurance then. So if they go missing, you're like, oh, fuck. So there's no real way. I'm, I've been sort of scratching my head. And I spoke to one of our listeners, um, uh, Lubel Knives, um, who has recently moved to France himself, actually, makes the most beautiful, beautiful knives. I think we talked about him last week as well. Um, but he's put up this whole guide. So anybody who's unsure about... Um, what Brexit means selling into the UK or whether you're in the EU or not in the EU. Um, he's put up this whole guide. He's even got like a, a sample invoice as well, showing how he breaks things down with, with the, all the coding that you need. Um, so if you go to Lubel Knives, L-U-B-E-L knives.com forward slash Brexit, he's put so much time into this um, for everybody just, just to take it. Have a look at it. He's got everything you need there. And um, even as a, even a downloadable sort of invoice template showing all the all the coding and stuff you need. So go take and make sure you follow him too because his knives are amazing. I mean, you talked about the videos that I do for my knives as being almost like burlesque. He dropped one yesterday, and when you talk about burlesque, that way it's all dark and it's yeah, it's incredible. So go and take a look at uh, lubelknives.com for slash Brexit if you're unsure about selling into the UK. But also go and take a look at his knives because they really are amazing. And I'll make sure I put that link down in the show notes too. What a thoughtful thing to do. That, yeah, and I know he put a lot, a lot of time into it as well. So yeah, it's it's going to save a lot of people a lot of heartache and uh, a lot of trouble. Morocco, you're with us, I see. I made it finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's not I was just I complimenting Jeff I'm on so the. So sorry um, for the delay. Oh, oh no worries, no worries. I was complimenting Jeff on the, your interview this week um, on on the Full Blast podcast. Mm. Uh, really enlightening, and um, it was just great to hear your sort of story. It was yeah, it was a really good listen. So thank you very much for that. Sure. Yeah. No. Oh, I and again, Jeff, thanks for having me on. It was fun. Oh, dude, you're the it was man. Fun, and uh, 
I was definitely nervous about. I mean, I made the decision early on. I think when you first uh, asked me to be on, that I was just going to be an open book as best as I possibly could, and uh, because you just never know what might help people. And I actually I got a lot of really great messages of people, um, just saying nice things and saying that they relate and they're going through. So one guy was like, you know, I'm going through the same shit right now that you did with Bob and. Uh, really helps to see that you're doing well after all that, and so that yeah, was good, dude. It was very relatable. I got so mm -hmm. many messages about how you know it, it's a lot of people were just like Jeff and Marek are just gonna do knife talk without Craig, but it wasn't like that at all. And it was really like I appreciate how uh, how forthcoming you were, and it was great. And I was definitely got a lot of messages about how helpful it was to to hear what you were up to and. You know, to see the people are real people. You know, we 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 are on Instagram and social media, and we portray ourselves a certain way, and they think that we don't have the problems that they do. And it was very, uh, I think it was a breath of fresh air to a lot of people. So, thank you. Sure, it was cool for sure. What else have you been up to, Morocco? I got problems. I got loads of problems. <laughs> um, well, we got to two part it. That's why we got to nah. two part. We didn't, we didn't even get yeah, enough right. in. <laughs> um. Yeah. The last week. What have I been up to? Oh, I've been working on these knives, and ugh, what a kick in the balls. I was so close to finishing both of them, actually. One is this little knife. It's like a little six-inch. It's called a Honeski, which is basically like a utility-slash-boning knife, Japanese kind of like origin and style. And it has this black-and-white ebony handle on it with a uh, Japanese cowboy-faceted uh, Western handle on it. And everything was coming out great. Hand sanding went super smooth and easy. Um, Dipping in the acid. And there's this funky stuff happening on the blade. And I can't figure out what the hell is going on. I was like, God, that looks a lot like a hamon. But this is this is not a, a – this is Damascus. This isn't a style of knife I would have tried to do a hamon on. So I had no idea what was happening. And then as I ground more and more into it or, – or etched more and more on the blade – Successive successive rounds, it definitely had a funky, weird hormone that was basically renders the knife useless because there's a whole like inch, inch and a quarter, inch and a half section of the blade that isn't properly hardened. <laughs> and so I have a glorified butter knife on my hands, um, possibly one of the prettiest ones you ever seen. And uh, <laughs> so that knife's not getting sold. And that is a huge, like I said, a huge kick in the balls. <sighs> uh, the other knife I had, uh, I did, it, it was all coming out really great. And um, the front side of the spacer, so when I do my spacers, they're three pieces. When I do them, it's like black G10. This one has bronze in the middle and then another piece of a thin black G10, like 30 thousandths, 25 thousandths of each of them. And... Uh, and they're always kind of like staggered and stepped. And apparently I didn't grind all the way down to the bottom, like the bottom space. There's like this weird part where the epoxy basically kind of filled in when I did the glue up, which is great, which is what you want. But you also, once you start shaping, you want to get down below that epoxy to the spacer material. And I just did not do that. And I didn't notice that I didn't do that until now. Like I finally got a great etch on the blade. <laughs> And I got to get back in there and do a little sculpting around that bolster uh, transition, uh, which is going to strip down the pattern. I got to get back in there and clean it back up, hand sand it, and get it back in the acid again. Uh, 
So that was super cool. <laughs> so uh, that being frustrating as it is, uh, I got another order coming up. I got to make steel for. So today uh, I'm forging, which will be a nice break from basically fucking up a bunch of stuff making mistakes um and hopefully that all goes smoothly <laughs> ideally it should it's pretty straightforward pattern that i'm working on i'm making this kind of like fern type pattern customer really wants a fern um with kind of a sand my aesthetic along the edge so it's got a, it's gonna have like a sand my edge with a fern pattern in the blade should be interesting ideally i love how our customers are so different I love how our customers are so different. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to say to me, I want a, per, I want a fern pattern in your knife. They don't know the difference between carbon steel and stainless steel. They don't know what the fuck, you know. Can you just engrave something? Can you engrave my name on it? That's all I get. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, I, you know, Steve and Danny at, down at, um, oh, my God, I can't think of the, the, Nora. the company's name right Nora. now. Nora. Nora Knives, yes. The way they do their laser engraving, part of me like wishes that I could just do that, or wonders if I should just do. <laughs> oh, you want some ferns? Cool. I got some people to help take care of that. We can make it happen. Put some ferns, googly eyes, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so noted. That's what I'll be doing uh, this I mean, week. Sure. Uh, one last thing about and, uh, your. The Haneski, oh, yeah, those are also my uh, my old kitchen guys used to call those. I never knew it was called a Haneski. I just knew that they were were also commonly referred to as chicken knives because they were like yeah. they're like real good for boning and breaking down chickens. Right, one hundred percent. Yeah, that's it. Um, yesterday was a nice step out of the shop, though. Uh, my son and I spent the day doing some more woodworking. We made a bird feeder. We we made this kind of like cheesy recycled bird feeder thing out of like recycled plastic and stuff we had at the house and it just was not working and uh so we went into the shop i, I grabbed a couple cedar fencing boards uh so for the cost of five dollars an hour's worth of time we uh and and i guess a little bit of hardware and some brad nails um we made a bird feeder and it turned out pretty good i think for this it's the first bird feeder i ever built and definitely the first one he did and uh, he had a blast. Uh, I got him helping me push uh, the wood for to get cut on the bandsaw, and he was using the brad nailing gun. He thought that was super yeah. rad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had a fun time. That's awesome. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's good. How you doing, Craig? It's been a super busy week of of everything, everything. So um, we talked last week about we've recently bought this new house, and we sort of started work on it this week, and we got builders in that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Twelve hundred square foot of flooring needs to come up, um, replace Whoa. beams, and then put down new flooring. And that's just on the ground floor. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of work. I started, and once you start, there's there's no stopping. So it's been a lot sort of involvement with that. Um, I've been sort of quietly in the background putting together these these knives, um, which I've, I've talked about weeks ago. They're, they're like they'll be my sort of economical range of, of chef knives um, but before I launch them I want to make sure I got sort of 40 or 50 ready so you know so they can be sold sort of immediately um, so yeah in the background just sort of working up working on them um, this folding knife as well has taken a bit of a turn um, there's now going to be two options available when the uh, the folded knife is is coming which which probably still probably a month or so away um, but these are super low cost 
folding knives, um, sort of gentlemen's knives. They're, they're not aggressive in any way. They're very sort of classic, sort of almost pen knife style, but there's a bit more sort of meat to them than a pen knife. Um, but there's going to be two mm. options with regards to handle materials, and they're, and they're both pretty cool. So I'm going to keep that under my hat for a little bit. Um, do you have a name for this knife? I do. The H. The H. Um, and that's because that was my grandfather's sort of nickname. Um, his name was Harry, but people called him H. Um, and he gave me my first knife when I was a kid. And this is a sort of modern version of that knife. Perfect. So you can imagine that sort of two-inch oh, little ivory handled sort of pen knife. Um, I've taken that design and sort of made it a bit sort of beefier. Um, and yeah, I've kept, kept the same sort of shape and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a real sort of pocket knife that you can keep with you at all times it, that that's the idea of it so yeah it's, we're still probably a month six weeks away from them being ready to be sold um but the, yeah they're looking good i'm really pleased with the, the two finishes that i've got on them now so, so that's, really cool. that's an excellent name do you Thank think you. maybe you'd consider giving the listeners of knife talk the first shot at buying one Believe me, when they're finished, anybody can buy one. Oh, okay, I, I just thought maybe you possible. could do a little bit of a. I know you probably already sold them. <laughs> you already sold them already. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't sold any yet. I'm, I'm making making sure they're finished before I'm, I'm selling any now. When he um, says when he says Friday, he means Wednesday, guys. So just remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was for the uh, a knife a few weeks ago, and actually, I've, I'm working on an. Uh, the third sort of job that I've got on at the moment is um, actually there's four because I've got a bunch of restaurant stuff as well. But the um, the space knife, which I've talked about for a few weeks, um, it's been on hold for four or five days. I haven't really touched it, um, but I'll be back to that again tomorrow. I'm hoping to get that finished for next weekend too. Um, yeah, so it's just been lots and lots of stuff going on, lots of stuff going on. So my wife and I yesterday spent the day digging out like a five well 25 square meters of garden and filling it with bark and stuff ready for like a kids play area so when we go over to the new house we can take the kids can have some to do whilst we're sort of speaking with the builders that kind of thing so yeah it's just been a week of lots and lots of stuff going on I haven't been my feet hasn't touched the ground really you know it's been it's been a crazy one but it's all good summer's coming i'm yeah it's all 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 good i do now have 1200 square foot of 200 year old oak for, for handles for future handles Dang. which oh, nice. is quite nice i love it so that could literally do thousands upon thousands of knives so i'll make sure i pick up the best stuff now um another you know what you should do is i know that you're building a uh you're building a pub yeah maybe that wood should be saved for the pub knives when you start to do pub knives what's a pub knife I don't know. What kind of pubs are you going to where you need a knife? I don't know. That's the big question. You gotta knock someone over the head, you know? (laughs) You guys are going to be doing food there, right? This isn't going to be a pub. The the little stick. This isn't a pub for the public. This is is our little sort of pub and for our neighbors and family, friends, that kind of thing. So, yeah. So, I'm sure I'll I'll have lots to talk about that in the future. Um, It was literally a decision made yesterday where my wife said, well, actually, I don't need my office to be there. Why don't you have that as a pub? And I'm like, okay, Fuck before me, she changed man. her mind. <laughs> <laughs> God, unbelievable, Lockwood. Yeah, I mean, it's like my wife, she, she would say, all right, you can have that dresser drawer. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
A little bit, half of that dresser drawer is yours. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're very fortunate. We've, we've got a bit of space. So, yeah, we're, I'm just very lucky. So I'm looking forward to it. Chill. But that's been my week, like completely up in the air, doing, you know, one thing one day, another thing the next. I haven't really managed to get into anything. But it's, yeah, a lot achieved. It's been, it's been good. Shall we get into the show? Let's do it. It's sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat-treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Do the chopper! Even Heat, the best kilns out there. That's why we all use them. And you can get your hands on one, too, at a discount. You can get $75 off one and free shipping in the U.S. Um, by choosing yours at Soul Ceramics. If you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that'll take you automatically to the Soul Ceramics site with all the discounts applied at checkout. Um, and you'll be able to, you know, you'll be able to pick the, the exact oven that you want with regards to the controller and the size. They, they've got them all in stock. When you go to checkout, it'll apply that discount for you. So, yeah, knifetalk.net forward slash heat and make sure you're getting your even heat from Soul Ceramics. And when you are looking to get your discount, don't DM us saying how do you get the discount. Just press rewind and listen to the goddamn what Craig said again. Yeah. Knifetalk.net forward slash heat, it'll sort it out for you. We've done all the we've done all the heavy lifting in the background. It, it's ready for you. Right. There we go. Morocco. <laughs> Do you want to introduce Okay, the, that's uh, my cue. I didn't know. I, we used to have the jingle that led into the questions. Oh, I didn't point. know if that was gonna happen or not. <laughs> all right. This is the part of the show. It's called Hey Man, Can I Ask You a Question? Uh, where you send in questions, your dilemmas, your beefs, we talk about them, we try to answer, we try to help, or give you a hard time. So I'm going to kick it off with this first one. Uh, it's Luke and Norian. It says, hey dudes, I was wondering if you guys could talk about a good way to make a small knife forging setup for under uh, $200. I'm 18 years old and was basic uh, with basically no tools. I've been a, a knife enthusiast for as long as I can remember, and this is always something I've wanted to do, but I've, uh, but felt like money was stopping me. Is there any way for me to build a bare-bones workshop where I'd still be learning skills that are uh, scalable f um, for when I have more money and improve my setup? I just discovered your podcast and was cracking up while listening uh, to it in the car. You guys are great. Hope you're all doing well. Thanks. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, what do you guys think? Welcome aboard, and no, that's <laughs> that's you, you. This is like I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I used to be such a huge fishing maniac. I loved fishing, and I would always buy these cheap. Like I got into fly fishing. I bought the cheap setup, and the guy said to me, "You will, you'll regret this decision." And I did. You can't cheap that cheap out in this situation. You know. Mm. What I would say, though, for if you're looking, for, you know, under two hundred dollars, and you know, we understand it, it can be super expensive to get to get everything you need. But I mean, you say, you know, can I? I want to jump straight into a forging setup. Um, I'd say two hundred dollars. You would be able to get a one by thirty grinder, and some people are making amazing stuff with these little one by thirties. Um, you could probably get yourself one of those little devil forges then as well for for heat treating. Um, probably wouldn't get hot enough for for forging, or it would, it would certainly take you a lot of time, and you, you still wouldn't have the anvil and all the rest of it. But if you got yourself a a little um, 
yeah, well, the Devil Forge. Um, I think they're about $120, $150. You'd still have the money then to get yourself a little 1x30. And you could make stock removal knives and heat treat them yourselves. That's, you know, th there's a hell of a lot to learn just by doing that. And I mean, you know, once you've mastered, you know, grinding that kind of thing, then maybe consider stepping up then into, into you know, forging your blades. Um, but that's probably not a bad little setup for under $200. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Hmm. Um, I I always try to steer people away from forging, at least initially, because I, I believe that a, a well, a properly ground knife is more important than a than a forge knife because you can easily blast through and screw up the steel in overheating the material as you're forging and trying to work it and do all that kind of stuff. And if you're trying to really make a knife, um, then start with stock removal. I mean, I, I, I obviously have no problem. That's how I got started. I have no problem with stock removal. Uh, I forge everything now, but I, I really, I really, um, I guess give credit to my stock removal experience for being as good of a knife maker as I am now because the grinding is essential a super essential um you know foundational skill and so I would definitely get a grinder um and get yourself a little material mm, you could probably get by with a hand drill and some drill bits uh and at that point, you could probably still afford for less than two hundred dollars to send a knife out to be heat treated, um, but it, you know that adds up really quick. You could do the forging setup, but that was super tricky to do that by eye, especially if you're just starting. Um, and I think if you can, uh, if you can afford a heat treating kiln, eventually, obviously not right now, but that I would go from doing it uh you know heat treating or sending stuff out to be heat treated to heat treating in my own shop with a heat treating kiln um as quickly as i could but trying to do the forge thing in between like like i just said like i was working on a knife that just was not properly heat treated but it, the it was a knife that i made fucking five, four or five years ago and um and i think I think more than anything, it was just because of lack of understanding of heat treatment processes. And so as you're learning, freaking get yourself Laren's book along with your grinder and, 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 uh, and your materials and send stuff out to be heat treat and practice your grinding. I think to me, that is super, super, super important compared to forging. Yeah. I've just done forging a very... Forging is like a fun aesthetic thing late, to, to come later. Yeah. But... I've just done a very oh. quick Google, and um, Harbor Freight have the 1x30 grinders in $50. And right. um, Devil Forge, they have a little gas, one, one gas burner forge for $161. So you're there, $211, you've got yourself a little forge for heat treating, and you've got yourself sure. a bell well, sander. Still not 200 is it? $11. Hey, if he's that much into it, I'll send him Dude, $11. he just... No, you won't. You won't t You won't send it to him. If money... <laughs> so everybody's... You're not sending that. anybody any money. I'm not sending anybody $11. Get Megaphone to send him the money, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> these fucking kids. They, if money isn't your... Op, money isn't your problem. Money isn't your problem. It's, you're the problem because you're giving up too easy. $200. Go go into the in the couch and dig up some money. Figure it out. <laughs> I will say, if you look at old pictures of Alec, and I'm just kidding, 
Lorian. Just you know, this is your first time listening to the show. Just relax. Um, Alec, you know, had a Alec Steele had a little forge in his backyard, and he shoved a leaf blower in it. You're gonna melt everything you have, which is fine. <laughs> but I, I think Barreco is 100% right. I would give, I'll give you two, three videos to watch in how to make a knife for 100 bucks. Um, Trollski, Michael Trollski, former alumni of Knife Talk, does the mm -hmm. best videos on how to do it inexpensively with the, with a file. Yep. XYZ podcast host. Aaron Goff, one of the best YouTube's videos in regards to uh, how to make an inexpensive knife. And Chris Zepp did a video on how to make a $100 knife without even having a forge. So Chris Zepp, make everything shop, go check his video out. I think he he just grabbed some things and made it happen for under 100 bucks. Um, you just gotta, you just gotta, you, know, you can't beat, you know, you gotta, you gotta cough it up, dude. You gotta yeah. make it happen. I agree. Yeah. The don't forge. It's you're gonna burn everything up. There we go. Thorough answer there for uh, Luca. Um, Andy Beatty has asked, "Hey guys, I have a question for you. Forgive me if this has been on before, but I work in a cutlery making traditional. I work in a cutlery making traditional pocket knives as my full time job, and fiddle around with trying to learn the art on my own at home." He says, how do you get your hands to not be stained with grease, metal shavings and other such so your wives will let you actually touch them without making you feel like a mutated monster? Thanks, fellas. Andy. I'm out. I'm out. I can't help you. I go hands first. Everything I do is hands first. I can't help you at all. Um. I mean, it sounds like he's a machinist, isn't he? If he's working... Working in cutlery making? Quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have neck on my hand. I don't there's any way around it. I get the odd neck you, on my hand. Greco, you have, like, nice, soft hands that I, I think they're soft. I, I, I'm just imagining that they're soft. I'm, I'm not imagining anything. I'm well, just, when we hold hands at blades. I mean, I'm just I'm making an assumption that you have clean hands. Don't infer anything <laughs> I, else, I ladies and gentlemen. I find that my hands, I get the occasional neck on a on a grinder, you know, knuckles, that kind of thing. Um, but my, I'm 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 a nail biter, so my nails are always like really, you know, way too short anyway. Um, but the biggest issue I have normally is just with glue, like glue ups. I, I'm finding I, I, I get glue on my hands, but I, I've started wearing gloves for that. Um, yeah, I, I I don't find that my hands get that beat up um, unless I'm doing you know a huge batch of grinding. But like I said they're just nicks on on knuckles and and that kind of thing. Um, if your hands are getting that dirty, I I don't know. Keep your. I forget to use uh, moisturizer. I know uh, one of our listeners, the hand king, the hand king, the hand pick king, Tom McLean. <laughs> Sent me something called bag bomb or something like that. It's for like the, the udders of a cow or something. You make a make that make them titties nice and soft. Send <laughs> it to me. Put on my hands. Keep them from getting chapped. Yeah, you wanted to make sure I had the knife soft hands, and I haven't. I forget to use it in the winter time. Hmm. So get yourself some of that, hmm. you know, titty cream and <laughs> soften up them hands. This show is sponsored by Cow Titty Cream. <laughs> <laughs> bag bomb get yourself some bag bomb and fix up them hands and your wife won't throw you out of the bed because you got them rough hands 10% off with knife talk uh, yeah Andy keep... you could go treat yourself to a manicure sneak out and get a manicure don't get your fingernails painted or anything just get your hands cleaned uh, up 
Uh, I just think keep your space clean, um, keep your work clean as you go in, and I, I don't know. I, I I can't see how I would get my hands super dirty because you know there's right. never really a need for it's them to. You're be out of touch. Bad. You're out of touch. That's why. <laughs> out of touch. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, um, Jeff, do you want to take the next one from Iron yes. Gull Knives? Iron Gull Knives has a question. He says, knives are great, but if you could flip the switch and change the subject of the podcast, what would each of you pick? <laughs> a dick joke podcast that just entirely dick jokes oh, for 30, 40 minutes. God damn, that's a great idea. <laughs> I fucking love it. Uh, that's the Trojan horse. That's the Trojan that horse of all podcasts, P.S. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think we'd. Uh, yeah. It probably wouldn't work. This works because the three of us have a common interest, which are which are obviously knives. Um, we sort of tapped into an audience who, um, you know, are willing to hear this bullshit every week. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's this this works for me. This works for me, and hopefully it works for you, you listeners too. What do you think, Barreco? If you if you could do any anything other than knives, what would it be? I th- maybe food. Yeah. I don't know. Cooking, working in restaurants. I love this podcast. I also love the Full Blast podcast because it's different, and I also really love my old episodes with Nico Tavernisi, where we did the the. Um, Downward spiral where we would you know talk about weird shit but it made me think about radio shows in general and um i thought it would be fun and maybe we can incorporate it in this podcast maybe a new bit is uh you know what a hot take is so yeah you tell us what a hot take all is. right a hot take in um actually a hot take is it's in journal. I, I read. The, I took this off the internet. In a, in journalism, a hot take is a piece of deliberately prov- product, uh, provocative commentary that's based almost entirely on shallow moralizing. So, in response to a news story, it's usually written on a tight deadline with little research or reporting or even less thought. <laughs> it's so basically, it's just like a very, you know, not well thought out opinion. And and what it is is, um, it was a sports talk radio industry term referring to the tactic of a host picking a topic of sports zeitgeist, often one that has no business being discussed because the answer is knowable, uh, making loud, fact-free declarations about the topic and eliciting, <laughs> eliciting angry listeners to call in and providing show content. This whole show is one big hot take. That's basically Well, it's meant to be, you know, like it's, it's this kind of like unre- unreasonable... It's an unreasonable opinion, mm. you know, like, like, you know, Connecticut is the capital of, t- of pizza in the United States. And there's, that's just the way it is. It's going to get people you riled know, people up. People like, wait, what are yeah, you talking yeah. about? I live in, I live in, uh, you know, Indiana. The pizza's pretty good here. Nah, no, you, you know, you're incorrect. So I thought maybe we could do a new bid called Knife Talk Hot Takes. <laughs> oh, you're the king. <laughs> <laughs> I love that little guy. So, like, a, a hot take would be, like, you know, Hawaiian pizza is an abomination, you know. So I just thought, you know, and I was, you know, thinking about things like, you know, the Amish shouldn't be allowed to drive on roads because they don't pay taxes. 
You yeah. know, that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I was in college in college I used to get pissed because I'd be driving, I'd be stuck behind a horse and buggy and he's just going down the highway. And I thought, these motherfuckers don't pay taxes. They shouldn't be on they should be on like a goat path or something like that. That's a hot take. So do you guys have any hot what do you mean takes? They don't pay taxes? And it could be about knife making, it could be about, you know, anything you want. You have any hot takes off the top of your head? That you can think of it's just like an unreasonable mildly controversial opinion i should never ask a question of our listeners and expect a decent response <laughs> is that a hot take <laughs> what? what do you mean in regards to naming your pub yeah Jesus, some of those, some of those responses are <laughs> the worst names in the world. I'd never visit a pub with any of these names. Uh, that's a hot. That is a. That is maybe that's an honest hot take. <laughs> you didn't like Lockwood's libations and leaves. It's a bit wordy, isn't it? Let's face it. It's a bit wordy. <laughs> that's funny. I, I, the hot take is a great. The, the hot take is funny because it was designed. It's basically like, you know, when we do, you know, hey, man, can I ask you a question? Or we say to the listeners, send us your questions. It's to get them into, into it. So a hot take was designed in radio to get people to just be pissed. So like, you know, your favorite baseball team, that, our pitcher sucks. Or, you know, hmm. un, just unreason for nothing other than just to get people to, you know, get on the phone. Hot takes are hot takes where it's at. And if you, the listener, want to send us a hot take, I'll read them off. But... And you just DM us. Do we have the DM jingle around? Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. So DM us your hot takes, and it should be one sentence. Here's a hot take. LOL wait is there, not wait, punctuation. Wait there. <laughs> I like that thing at the end, that little. Wow. Nah, Did you produce no. that, Craig? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's oh, royalty okay. free music, ladies and germs, because <laughs> a hot take. We don't want to pay for anything. So send us in your hot takes. And like, here's the hot take LOL is not punctuation. Some, for some reason, people seem to think that, you know, when you write LOL at the mm. end of a sentence, that's punctuation. It is not in punctuation. Yeah. So send us, a, it should be one sentence, one sentence, two sentences tops. It should be short so we can read them off. DM us your hot takes. It could be about anything, except we're not going to be, you know, slamming. For every time I ask for beef or something like that, somebody has something to say about a particular person. We're not going to be <laughs> blasting people. Thank you very much. So here's your hot take. Give us, a, you know, tell us what's grinding. It's what's grinding your gears, but keep it down to two sentences. Give us your knife talk hot takes. Nice. Nice. I got Go ahead. Take. Forging is not better than stock removal. That's a hot take. Ooh. That's a hot take. And then maybe, hopefully, the hot takes will get us to talk about it. That's <laughs> that's a that's a great hot take. And and uh, Damascus Dave, don't send the hot take. I don't you know, just because Greg puts it in jingles doesn't mean we should. Don't fucking write that to me, you little bastard, you. <laughs> Combat abrasives okay. make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. 
go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! 15% off. Why wouldn't you? CombatAbrasives.com. Use yeah. KNIFETALK15. Okay, Overton Forge has sent in a question. So um, hey, fellas, as always, great work on the show. It makes Mondays that much more bearable. I'm sure all of you guys started with regular nine-to-five full-time jobs before you became full-time makers. My question is, at what point did you decide to make the decision to go from part-time as a hobby to full-time as a career in knife making? Was that a pivotal moment when you took the leap and just went for it, or did you just wait until your knife making income could take the place of your regular nine-to-five? Thanks for the advice, and tell Jeff it's definitely pronounced Ikea. It's not Ikea. It's not Ikea. Oh, congratulations, Overton Forge. Is, he's either on or will be on Forge and Fire, and he makes great knife vices. So we're with you, Overton Forge. Nice. And it is not Ikea. It is Ikea, Ikea. because the people from the hot take, it's pronounced Ikea. <laughs> so, yeah, when did you make that point <laughs> of becoming a full-time maker? Was it a gradual thing? Um, let's start with Mareko. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of talked about this, touched on this mm. before, but my, my quick and easy thing is I, what was I doing? I was working in a bakery, uh, prepping and making food, washing dishes when I, when I started on my uh, knife making. Uh, or I guess this is after Bob, I went back in the restaurants and then I wanted to get back in the knife making and I was trying to figure it out. And so at that time, before I was able to finally make that jump and making knives on my own, I was working at a bakery uh, in a restaurant doing stuff there. And it, I was single. I didn't have any responsibilities except for paying my rent and paying my car insurance. And that was it. And, um, and so, you know, it didn't take much for me to, replace my my restaurant uh working income with the knife making income um if it were me if i were doing it now with a family and a lot more responsibilities a lot more bills i would have it would be a uh i'd have to build up a buffer um i would have to feel really confident in my ability to sell whatever is being made whether it's direct to customer or if it's to a retailer um yeah i'd have to be really feel really confident in the ability to be able to sell that stuff because i mean you that's like you're quitting you're literally quitting whatever nine to five you got to take the mm. jump and if you're not moving stuff you're not going to be making money and you're not going to be able to pay bills and um if you're married and you got a kid you will it'll be amazing uh to see how long your wife wants to stay with you if you decide you wanted to quit this great nine to five to start making knives and bringing home nothing. Um, so yeah, you, you, I would say you really got to look into it and not just what you could be, be making, but all the taxes, fees and everything that go into it. Like think you're taxed very differently when you're self-employed. Um, and so yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's it there's no sort playbook for this because the three of us have very different no. sort of entrances into how we do it. And everybody's circumstances are completely different. Um for me, um it was more of a sort of compulsion really. So at the time back in back in Wales, I owned the, like a like a co-working studio kind of thing. 
Um, and I was doing sort of knives on the side and that become more and more of what I wanted to be doing. But you know, I still had this sort of residual income from, from this, this business, um, which was my sort of insurance, I suppose. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no line in the sand where, you know, when I get to that point, I'm going to become a full-time maker because, you know, sometimes I won't get an order for weeks and sometimes I get multiple orders a day. It's, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, it's, it's not an easy decision to make. So, yeah, I mean, it depends what your responsibilities are and all those kinds of things. And I wouldn't really want to be advised in any The feast or famine element is real, mm. for sure. Mm. I wouldn't want to be advising people to, yeah, right. go make that jump. Um, because I don't know their situation, unfortunately. I, I, I sure. think that there's something that's always missing with a lot of people. And a lot of it's how hungry you are. I think that for me, I had had I worked for a couple metal shops, and then after my last metal shop, I was given the opportunity to have a slight partnership with this uh, fine cabinetry company. And I thought, eh, I was encouraged to do it. Thought it would be fun. I uh, knew this person, and it it they just were they they made promises, and it blew up. I mean, they, they I got laid off because they didn't realize the I was like I'm not paying under being paid under the table and everything was negotiated and then all of a sudden just like we can't keep you on anymore it's too expensive it's too expensive because of the 10 10 income tax and this and the other thing and I was laid off and it was really you know it was embarrassing it was it made me feel bad about myself and I have a little child and my wife and and my wife said you know just you know, we need more help with the kid and you know, she was very young and this is a great opportunity for you and, you know, make sculpture again and, you know, figure something out. And I was actually doing uh, odd railing jobs with my friend John Ledford and uh, we were doing little things and making sculpture. And then we started t teaching classes and one of the classes that were taught was by Matt Paul and he started making knives and I started f fiddling around and then I posted a picture and someone said, I'll buy that. And it was, it was... I was hungry enough to say, I got to do something. And it was, the timing was right. I mean, I wish it was not, I wish it didn't happen. But at the same time, it was like, if it didn't happen, and if I wasn't hungry enough to like, you know, I want to make money, I want to figure something out, but also now we need childcare and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was, it, it happened because it had to happen. But I think that a lot of times the decision to be made is how hungry are you? You know, are you willing to do whatever it takes to, to see this through, or are you going to make excuses? Like, you know, I'm sorry to pick on the first guy saying how oh, money's always been in, uh, in, in the way. I don't think that's a good enough reason for not doing something. I think that you have to, you're, you're, it's, it's, you either going to do it or you're not going to do it, but without making excuses. And it's like Craig says, you don't want to, you don't want to possibly tell someone to do it if they don't have it within them, you know? Hmm. I don't think it's, I don't think people are, I don't think everybody's cut out to be, uh, independent uh, company or a leader or a worker. I think that some people are, are don't realize how hard it is to um, be in business yeah. by yourself. I think, I, I think people think it's, you know, the American dream and we figure they'll figure it all out and we just, you know, I'm just going to work hard and that's going to be enough. And I don't think they realize how much, how hard it is. Yeah. It's not good enough just to be, you know, a good maker. You need right. to be, you need to be good at marketing. You need to be, you know, do accounting all these kinds of things or if you don't you need somebody there to to support you to help you with these things because they they can easily get on top of you and take just as much time as the actual making which is the cool stuff you want to be doing 
if I didn't have to pay all the people I have to pay, accountants and payroll companies and my partner and, and, and insurance and rent and all this bullshit, I'd do pretty well. You know, I would be able to like really like, you know, think about some things, but it's like, you know, being in business is, is not, uh, it's not all, what is it? High fives and lightning bolts. I don't know how hand jobs got involved, but apparently hand jobs got involved. Yeah. <laughs> I think we answered that quite well. I think all we right. did. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. That's a hot take. That. that was a long hot take. <laughs> Mitch Cochran asks, uh, hey, guys, question and a dilemma. I'm just starting out and want to make sure I'm headed in the right direction. Um, would do a knife-making course at the drop of a hat, but there's nothing of the sorts where I am in New Zealand, which is close to me. Do you recommend any online course that delves deep into the entire process? I've hit up all the major YouTubers, and I know it takes a lot of time to get good, but I just want to make sure I'm practicing good technique. Thanks and love the show. And he also says, P.S. Jeff, you crack me up, brother. Mitch, what are you talking about, Mitch? Thanks, Mitch. That's a that's not a hot take. That's a true. That's a real. That's a real take. <laughs> Mitch is off his head. He has a clue what he's talking. <laughs> that's about. a hot take, you <laughs> bastard, you. <laughs> Okay, so courses. Um, the Jason Knight one is an obvious one. Um, Perfect. Which is just done so, so well. And now, there's now season two. Uh, with season three. Sports. Three, really, right. There's okay. three, yeah. There's three now. Okay, so yeah, that, I mean, that's a good start if you haven't already hit them. And they're, they're very good value for money too. Very good value. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you make a good point. Um, you said, you know, you've hit up all the major YouTube channels and all the rest of it. Um but you know you, you want to make sure you're practicing good technique that that's probably a good a good start not to just think okay i've seen the videos i know what i'm doing now you know you seem to have your head screwed on apart from you know the jeff thing uh <laughs> how dare you two times two times in one that's that's double jeopardy right there Can't what else have you guys got apart from the uh, jason knights uh, was it what's it called forged the forged series the forged series and P.S. He usually at any kind of like holiday or something like that, he'll put on extreme discount. Yeah. So I have the I have all three, and Ooh. they're yeah, that's right. They were in a, he ha, he put them up. He put the first one up at extreme discount, and then he put the other two under extreme discount. I was like, I'm buying these, and I think that Jason is awesome, and I also love Steve Schwarzer, so I'm in. Yeah, I think he also just finished filming some stuff with Andy Wozniak uh, of Colony Forge. So Definitely good, another good dude. That's, yeah, super talented guy. That should be an interesting come up one. The first... Uh, I mean, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I don't know how hard it is to get over to Australia from New Zealand or how expensive it is and whatnot, but, you know, those guys over there are teaching classes all the time, um, kind of in the southeastern side corner of Australia. Lots and lots of classes happening there. Yeah, Merton, Merton, uh, Kev, they're teaching classes, I think. Jamie Bishop. Jamie Bishop, yeah. that's right. Saucy. Yeah. Good old Saucy. Saucy. If you want a good technique video, I was talking to Pat Quinn from the Center for Mental Arts, and he's starting to do what he calls the digital diaries. Digital diaries? Digital Digital notebook. notebook. Digital notebook. And there, it's a. It's supposed to be along the lines of when you've taken class at the Center for Mental Arts. It's it's like a reminder, but I'm under the impression that the forging itself, the 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 intricacy of the notes of the forging, is really the way you want to go in regards to if you ever take a class 
a lot of times you think you know what happened, but you don't really see what happened. And you always miss these little moments. And this is to make sure that you get the proper technique. And he's got a tong one out that's supposed to be awesome. And I would definitely suggest for forging. And you could say, well, I don't want to make tongs. I want to make, I want to make, you know, whatever. The making the the good forging videos, especially whatever's Pat's doing, is going to give you so much more uh, information in regards to technique and stuff. The other thing is, is the first series, the first forge series with Jason Knight, he really goes deep into how to forge a knife. So it's really like it's step by step on how to make the uh, the first season is the uh, elemental knife, and it's a really really good series in terms of proper technique and how to do it and stuff like that but there as pat quinn says there's no substitute for classes so cool yeah. good i'm sure we got lots of listeners in new zealand as well so if anybody has any anything sort of local uh for mitch he is mitch cochran on instagram message him go on go and do it as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One thing you are going to need if you're taking classes and you you'd obviously want to up your game. If you're going to up your game, you're going to need a very good grinder. Um, it doesn't need to be expensive. It just needs to be a very good grinder. And we can help you out. Tell them about it. Jeff, tell them about oh, it. <laughs> the Broadback Ironwork sells an awesome grinder. It's 2x72 grinder. This is a beauty. The thing is a beauty. This is my. I have three grinders in my shop. This is my number one grinder. Um... It's, it's well-built. It's knife makers who designed a grinder for other knife makers. The attachments are excellent, and they're also very user-friendly in regards to if you have a different you know chassis for a different machine, they keep the attachments so you could just buy their attachments, which are definitely worth it. Uh, it goes horizontally, vertically. Definitely don't skimp. Get the VFD. You'll thank me later. And if you go to broadbackironworks.com, you put in Knife Talk 10, you're going to get 10% off. And the shipping is included, so they're not going to nickel and dime you. You're going to put it together, but you're going to, it's going to, you're going to do a great job. So go get to your Broadback Ironworks grinder. 
and then put in Knife Talk 10 and tell them I say hello, I'm with you. Nice. Nice. Do we have any user tips this week, Jeff? Uh, we do, actually. We have... Um, I know you didn't ask, but... And the first one comes from... Um, well, one comes from uh, our friend Moonshine Metalworks. Hey, cuties, I know you didn't ask, but you, sh- what, you know what you should do. You should listen to the latest Full Blast podcast with Mareko because he really, it's really bloody good. He, he's much better when he's awake. So we, that's, we're going to have to talk about that at some point. We're going to have to figure something out. Um, also, you complained the other day about people not knowing how to use ceramic rods or steels for keeping knives sharp and copying over the flamboyant chefs who wave them all over the place. Is there a video, chef, or maker that you can point to people for an example of how to do it properly? If not, maybe Craig should do a video on it. So you've, if you've watched those cartoonies where, you know, Tom the cat is getting ready for Thanksgiving and he, <laughs> he got the, he goes, whoosh, 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 with the chef, the steel or Uncle Asshole is preparing for the big dinner, you know, and they're fooling around. People are doing a bad job with that. Yeah, yeah, it looks flamboyant, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to do a video on that. There's going to be better people out there. Um, listener challenge. Um, let's see some videos of you using um, well, basically honing rods, I suppose. Um, getting those final edges nice and sharp. Um, it'd be yeah, it'd be good to see some of them because, like you said, all the videos that you see, even sort of professional chefs, there's a nasty one with Gordon Ramsay doing it, and he's just tearing this knife across this steel. It's like he's only doing one <laughs> inch of the knife. Yeah. <sighs> it's so bizarre, and the reason why is because these goddamn cooks don't know what the fuck they're doing. Mm. They don't. I mean, they're the honing rod is to align the wire edge. Yeah. Actually, Bob Kramer, I saw Bob Kramer years ago at uh, this event with Wustoff. Wustoff? Wustoff. Wustoff? Hankel. 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 And he was explaining that if you ever rub your knife with a rag and you catch the knife, that nick isn't, isn't necessarily a nick, but it could be the wire edge. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to feel the wire edge and then use the steel against to re to take that curl out if you go back and forth over the curl you're just going to be pushing that curl down farther mm-hmm. but these motherfuckers they fool around like yeah. a goddamn salt bay once again <laughs> he's humping the meat he's humping the meat Buff. he's ruining, he's ruining out, out of the plastic knife <laughs> uh bob did do a video with uh in concert with hankles when he first had his line come out where he's kind of demonstrating uh, good sharpening and honing techniques. I don't know if it's still out there, um, but since he still has a deal with them, I wouldn't be surprised that it's still out there. Um, but if you just look like uh, look up Bob Kramer sharpening, it's a Sir Tab video. I actually use it. Is it it's Sir Tab, okay. and I actually send people to that one because it's like, in my opinion, especially Steve. Now, Steve, there's so many people doing this, and they're still doing these videos. Why not just, if you found the best, why not just do, why don't you just send them to him? That's the same reason why I really don't do any instructional videos, especially like I send people to Nick Wheeler. You know, Nick Wheeler, people want to know, you should do a video on using, no, fuck you. I'm not doing any videos. Why would I muddy the waters when the the pros do it the best? So I send people to Nick Wheeler. I send people to Aaron Goff and Michael Trolsky, and then I send them to Bob Kramer for sharpening and be done with it. We don't need to muddy the waters. Damn straight. Uh, here. Also, quick shout out to uh, Moonshine Metalworks and Alex Pohl. Uh, they just 
slammed out a bunch of axes in partnership with Uni, who's a pizza oven manufacturer, I think based out of Sweden. Those things are killer. Have you guys? Have we seen got those? you a pizza oven yet, Morocco? We, we do this every <laughs> this week. This is a now. different company. <laughs> we saying. need to get him a pizza oven, ladies and germs. Oh boy, the... I want a pizza oven in the shop. Making in the pizza shop, and forging blades. That that's some yeah. quality content for them, right? Yeah, there. you got one guy, one guy in this podcast got a pizza oven in the shop. The other one's got a pub in the shop. I got nothing. <laughs> I barely have heat. You got the sex done. Well, I think that's, we all need to uh, message <laughs> Uni Pizzas and tell him that Morocco would make a great customer because he'd be using his ultra slick knives <laughs> to cut these pizzas and he'd have flames in the background. It would be awesome for them. I'll make a monster mess. Yeah. And here's a hot yeah. take. Morocco. Hot take is. Morocco deserved to win the pizza challenge without question. There is no controversy whatsoever. He deserved to win that 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 contest that we had a while ago. Deserved. No, that's the hot Jeff. take. I did not. Because I'm not saying it's hot take because. Well, that's your hot take. Because. Uh, because you pub, disagree. I don't disagree. <laughs> I don't disagree. You're a professional pizza man. I, I think. I think. Uh, pub. Pub time. Lockwood. He. He. He's the one who thinks it's a hot take. You two got too friendly on this podcast this week. You, you, you're trying to push me out. I know what's. I know what's <laughs> going on. Come on, man. Come on, man. This is. This is. This is the. This is the highlight of the week. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Andy Booth. Um, hi, all. Love the podcast. I handed in my angle grinder card today whilst listening and built a wall mount for my porter band. Question for the podcast. When starting out, how did you settle on a specific design style for your knives? I see lots of styles that I really like, and as a beginner, find myself just wanting to make all sorts of knives. Thank you, um, Andy. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you come up with your own sort of unique design? Mine is all about sort of simplicity, really. There's nothing um, too complicated about my knives, and it's that sort of simplicity that that is sort of carried through, you know, the branding and everything else. Um, I like that sort of clean, clear design, um, and that that that's you know that's what I like about knives too. But yeah, I mean, the three of us have very different styles. So, uh, Morocco, your style. I mean, you talked about this on the podcast this week, um, but. Um, yeah. You know, how did you come up with that style? And you you did mention, you know, wanted to start folding knives to begin with. So how did you then sort of bring that down to what you currently have? Yeah. Are you there? <laughs> we lost him. <laughs> that I tell you, that's a radio <laughs> tease for Jeff's podcast. <laughs> we lost him. <laughs> Just like that you said on Jeff's podcast. That was the real radio tease. <laughs> when I was, here's what I did. Here's the secret to the universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff, okay, your design. What, you know, why that design? What, what, what well, I mean, to you? And... You know, it's interesting because I've talked to uh, so many different makers, and one of them was uh, Mert Tansu, and he said he said something that was very interesting that a lot of people, when they first start in, they have um, they have a baseline of what they're used to, and that's what I did. I, I was used to um, the knives that I used from culinary school, and they were not you know, anything I would really recommend now. And I started to do what I liked about them. And then next thing you know, I tr constantly tried to do innovations, evolutions based off of the first design. And 
my knives from you know six years ago to now or it's a different ball game mm-hmm. and that's what makes it more interesting so i think the the most since and i've said this a million times but the most sincere thing you can do is to make small innovations based on what you're currently doing well, what would you do a little different let's try it a little different let's try this different let's i mean every part of my knives now are have been changed to a certain degree and i like that and i like and, it, and there, you, i can see where things start from and then how they progress and i think it's important to to uh, i think that you'll find that um they'll change based on many different factors but a lot of it's based on use you know what you like about it based on use so are you there mareko in and out i think in and out Uh, i can't hear a thing no okay do you want to take the next one then jeff from dylan Okay, Dylan Myrick. Boys, love the show. It's fucking hilarious. And the knowledge. Oh, the knowledge. (laughs) Been making knives for about three years now, and when life allows it, and uh, going towards full-time because plumbing sucks. Uh, I I like to space out my big purchases, and I'm close to paying off my grinder. So the question is... If you are still new and buying your first big tools, would you buy a heat treating oven or a press? I use 1080, 1084, and 80 CRV2, which I've been using to forge for heat treatment, uh, more accurate slash quality heat treatment, or squishing power. Love the show. Cheers. So if you were starting out, what would be your big... Hmm. Your big purchase. I think the biggest game changer for me um, has been um, being able to get the heat treat right. Because if that's not right, no matter how good everything else is, you're not having a quality knife. Um, But, you know, Dylan is obviously forging and he's he's doing something very different to me. Um, But, yeah, even whether you're forging, whatever you're doing, if that heat treat isn't right, it's, it's, it's a big problem. So, to me, I'd say a heat treat oven is probably after grinder the next big purchase without a doubt it's very interesting because um you know it depends on what your goal is like i got an oven before i got uh my tire hammer for the reason is i had my little shop was in a neighborhood and i just didn't want my neighbors to kill me you know and i, and I just thought it wasn't going to work and I thought, well, you know, I also wasn't in the mood to be making, you know, if you have a press and stuff like that, you can do other things besides making, you know, making heat treating knives. You have the ability to, you know, forge, uh, like my friends, like Cliff and Cliff and John make the most beautiful hammers and axes and stuff. And they got, they built their forges and their hammers before, not their ham, they built their presses before having a heat treating oven. And I know that they just recently got a, uh, an even heat. And they were going, you know, they were heat treating out of a forge for years. And then they made the decision to make the, to get the, um, to get the, the even heat. But I would agree with Craig in this. And what I did was I went for the even heat first. And then, and then that once I got a space where I could make some noise, I, I had a tire hammer built that I wish I never got built. <laughs> okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um, one thing that you are going to need is supplies. Um, so Texas Farrier Supply, um, they supply um, all sorts of stuff, obviously for farriers, but they've got a like a blade making part as well for knife makers. 
amazing stuff, quality stuff, a really good shipping, um, and we can get 10% off with Knife Talk 10. So texasfarrowsupply.com, use Knife Talk 10 to get 10% off, and they've got everything you need uh, for any sort of knife maker there. But the main thing they sell, not the main thing, but certainly for me, something that I use for every single knife, is Indasa sandpaper, the Rhino Wet. Texas Fire Supply sell that, and this stuff is just the best. It saves you time, saves you money. Um, the best sandpaper out there. It's why everybody uses it. If you aren't, you're missing a trick. Head on over to TexasFireSupply.com, Knife Talk 10, and fill up your basket with Indasa Rhino Wet. They sent me a nice T-shirt, buttery soft. Nice. Who did, Indasa or Texas yeah, Fire Supply? No, not Indasa. Right. It uh, was uh, Texas Fire Supply. Nice. Thank you, Evan. Nice. Morocco, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and enthusiastic as ever. <laughs> fucking internet. Fucking computer. Fucking internet. <sighs> well, that's not a full hot take. You, let's have a hot take. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have a hot take. Ugh. Here's a hot take. I hate your jingles, you fuck. I've always hated your jingles. <laughs> uh, okay, Baltic Blades. Uh, question. Hand sanding sucks. We just gave you the solution to that with uh, Indasa Rhinoet. But how do you do less of it and what do you use? Disc sander with what progressions? High grit belts, gator belts, or do you just keep your head down and doing the work? Um, Indasa Rhinoet. Honestly, it, it is that much of a game changer. Um, probably cut down my hand sanding time by at least 50%. Um, if you're not using it, you, you will definitely thank us for trying it. Um, but apart from that, apart from using the best stuff you can get your hands on, it's unfortunately getting your head down and, and doing the work. Also yeah. depends on the steel you're using. Like some steels are much easier to hand sand than others. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. By like a mile. For sure. I mean, I just, with these knives I've been working on, I just did that. Oh, I'm like a bunch of hand sanding and yeah, there's, there's really isn't much of a substitute. I will say, and I've mentioned this before, but I found that the abrasive cuts more, you get more work out of each piece of sandpaper, um, by starting with a light pressure. And then as it kind of loses its cutability, start pushing harder and harder and you get more work out of it. So you start light and then go hard later versus starting out hard uh, and 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 really putting a lot of pressure on the sandpaper right off the bat. Uh, you're crushing right through that abrasive versus getting some of that, um, that cutting action from light pressure. And then as it feels like it's not cutting as well as it should, you keep adding more and more pressure. And I, I, I also think getting uh to as high of a finish uh as you can't like on my s grind blades like i can't use a disc grinder i have to do everything off the machine i'm going straight from the machine to hand sanding so the higher the grid i can take it to before i start hand sanding the better um i've been taking my blades up to like 400 before i actually pull them off now and i used what was it six square inches of 220 on each side of the knife after coming off the machine like it didn't take very much mm. and so and then i went from the 220 to 400 600 800 and actually here's a, another tip from earlier we mentioned combat combat sells uh this kind of like a, a, a non-woven scotch bright and they have it in different 
um, kind of abrasive qualities. And the gray um, is really nice to follow uh, your hand. So say you like hands and you're pulling strokes at like 800 grit or even 600. You you pull strokes with the with that gray um, non-woven uh, abrasive afterward and you get a really, really nice satin finish. You're not um, talking about a belt. You're talking about like pieces. No, yeah, I'm talking like you can get they sell them in like eight and a half by 11 or whatever, nine by 11 sheets, hmm. um, basically the same size as sandpaper. And, um, and I just trim them down to use on my hand sanding stick. And it's awesome. Nice. nice. Minute man EDC. Do you want to take that one, Jeff? Yes. Uh, Hey cuties. I have a question. Uh, I recently got some blocks for handles, and they aren't stabilized. So should I soak them in something like mineral oil to seal them, or Minwax wood hardener, or something equivalent to uh, equivalent to it? Thanks for the tips and tricks. Love the show. Mm, he doesn't say what the uh, what wood it is. He just says some blocks. Um, and not all wood can be stabilized. Um, some of it you just literally are just wasting your time. Really super hard sort of African woods like ebony and that kind of thing, they're better off not stabilized because you just you are literally wasting your time. Um, a finish, um, a finish of oil or wax or will be lovely on that. But um, yeah, the actual stabilizing, no no need. So yeah, consider what the wood is really because each wood will finish slightly differently. Um, there's you know there's some woods that you know that far better just being waxed um as as we say some stabilized so yeah without knowing really what what those blocks are it's hard to give any any sort of recommendations or advice really but uh yeah what what have you guys got there you go Jeff. i mean you know the f- interesting thing is wood stabilizes differently based on the kind of, i've had um like a walnut burl that hardly takes any stabilizing up as opposed to like figured walnut Hmm. it all is different you know based on how much air is in that wood you can send it out i know a lot of people send their not uh, their wood blocks out just for safety sake k and g is the gold standard in the united states at least from what i understand um i think that i think that you know i i'm starting to be against more less and i want i like less and less uh boil linseed oil and mineral oil and mineral spirits and stuff like that so you know some people do that where they mix blo and or they do mineral spirits with mineral oil because the mineral spirits i guess like open up maybe you guys know they like there's an osmosis thing going on or something like that you know what i'm talking uh, about no never mind but i mean with painting shit up hot take that's a hot take right there <laughs> a hot take is because well, with when you're painting oil you use the mineral spirits and kind of like loose fuck this whole part never mind i say <laughs> i say send your wood out or uh i've actually this is a sponsor the full blast podcast axe wax has been amazing and especially if you're making culinary knives and you don't want that icky you know petroleum shit on there go get yourself some axe wax Full blast ten for ten percent off. That was an off the road, off the off the off the road. Uh, that ad. took a turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Any Nothing more tips, or should we just carry on with a couple more questions and call it a day? Well, you know what I do have is I do have some dilemmas. Ah. Things that make you go. 
You're good on the button today, Craig. You're always good. This one comes from Duclaw Knives. So if you want to send your dilemmas or your ramblings of the ramblings of the listener, that's what I have written down here. Dilemmas and ramblings of the listener. This one comes from Duclaw Knives. I've got a dilemma. Recently, I got a large batch of Nitro V back from a reputable heat treating company. Every third blade has a crack in the spine where, they're used, where they used a torch to straighten them. How would you expect this situation to be handled, or would you just eat the cost? Note, they have agreed to possibly give me credit for the next batch on what they paid them. Oh. I've heard this shit before, where they're like, you know, you send your knives out. You, you know, you got them all ready to go. You send them the heat treater, and then all of a sudden, you get a pile of them. They're just all unusable. Yeah. You got to eat that. It's a difficult one. Um, I'm always of the sort of mind of... Well, lesson learned, never use them again, you know, if, if I'm getting stung by a company like that. Um, but, you know, if you, if you just invested a fair bit as well, you know, all the work is done and then, you you know, everything's gone down the drain. Oh, that sucks. Really sucks. There's not much you can do, I suppose. Um, you know, they've offered you a credit for the next one, but you need to consider whether it's worth using them again, I suppose. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, that's our guy Titanelli down in New Orleans, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a huge... I would be... I'd be fucking pissed, honestly, because mm. the amount of work. I mean, I'm going to guess he's not getting these laser cut or hydro cut. So he's probably doing all the stock removal and profiling and probably even um, some primary grinding before he even sends them. So he's probably got at least, what, like an hour's worth of work, maybe more in each knife before he sends them out. And for each mm. every third one to come back cracked like that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's that's definitely unreasonable. If they don't, the the credits kind of maybe makes you feel good, but honestly, like they're kind of fucking you, because <laughs> that knife once it gets back to you, you turn around, finish it out. You know, that's I think Ty's stuff is around like five to eight hundred dollars a knife. I mean, that's a pretty good chunk that's lost um, mm. potential. Yeah, and so I don't know. Yeah, I would. I don't know. Do what Craig said. Say fuck them and start thinking about how you can start heat treating your own damn knives. I Hi. think Aaron has having the same problems with. I mean, Aaron Goff is. Yeah. He's. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't have like uh, strokes every few minutes because he's sending stuff. He sent so much stuff out and it just yeah. doesn't come back to the standard that he wanted. He's yeah. got a pile of shit. That it just seems doesn't to be work. with his with his coating, his DLC coating. He has a lot of a big failure rate with them that they're not. Sure. To his, I mean, his standards are extremely exacting, extremely. And if they're not a thousand percent perfect, he's he's not sending them out. So, um, yeah, I mean, one thing that Aaron's doing is any any sort of opportunity for failure by using a third party. He's trying to rule that out by literally just building his own machines. We can do sure. everything in house. Um, so you know, if your problem is with heat treat. You know, you maybe start thinking it's time to get an oven and, and doing your own, you know? Yeah. yeah but honestly, like, when it comes to the heat treaters, like, I understand, like, sometimes shit goes wrong. But if it's literally 30% of the knives coming back are cracked, like, that's pretty fucking unacceptable. Yeah. That's terrible. And whoever is running that company, like, especially if it's a small company... Like every almost everything should be coming back perfect. It sh it should be like one in every maybe fifty knives has a little weirdness going on or something like that. But not like every third knife. Ugh, I don't know. Sorry, that's just it, still blows me away. 
the hardest part is we've talked about this before is when you're doing everything yourself you you don't want to have to you don't want to have to rely on somebody else when you know you can do it when you start to talk to people in business they a lot of them will say well you know your time is valuable is it worth you know this is the cost of doing business you ever hear that expression this is yeah. the cost of doing business we used to we i had to get inured to the fact that some things just aren't going to be right you know and but where's your line especially when you're a small guy and you're just like trying to save time and energy like if he if he had if he had gotten everything hydro cut and then immediately sent to this guy he should probably the loss on 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 it is probably relatively small it's not yeah. like he's not going to lose you know it, the potential you're right Maraca. the potential of what he could have made is is lost but i mean little things here and there at the end of the world like i once i'll tell you a funny story i once called i so that's i'm kind of embarrassed about this when i was doing a big batch of corby of knives with corby bolts i may have miscounted the corby bolts <laughs> And I may have called up the company saying that they shorted me two Corby bolts. <laughs> and it's only because I was so short. Two, two or three. I think it was three. And uh, then they were, I'm so sorry, Mr. Fader, blah, 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 blah. I didn't say Fader. They said Fetter or whatever. And, um, I re and then I was like, right, we're going to send you stuff out right now, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, man, that was some fucking petty shit on my, on my account. <laughs> fucking three Corby bolts. You throw yourself around for three Corby bolts. And then I recounted, and I had miscounted. And they oh. were 100% right, and I was 100% wrong. And I immediately called back to apologize. And then I ordered more Corby bolts as in with apologizing. I didn't buy just three; I bought a pile of them. That's that was unreasonable on my on my uh, part, but I you know owned up to it, and you know. Sometimes you, you're still buying Corby bolts by the, like five at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they come out of like a they come out of like a little machine. I need two more, just one. <laughs> just send me one more Corby bolt, please. One brass, one copper, two stainless. That's Fuck. the order. That's the full order. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you you shouldn't you shouldn't. Sometimes you have to figure out you can't nickel and dime everything. It's just like it's just you just you don't you lose when you're like counting the pennies. Sometimes you lose. It's just. But at the please. same time, you know, poor poor do do claw. Please tell yeah. me it wasn't Texas Ferry Supply that you were doing that to. <laughs> no, it was not Texas Ferry Supply. I would never. No, no, no. It was not Texas Ferry Supply. Have been great. Actually, anytime I've had any problems, they fix everything quick, quick, quick. Their customer yeah. service is really good. But the company that did it, I was not. They weren't in the wrong. I miscounted. Yeah. I was short three, <laughs> and it was my fault. Idiot. Well, if you need Corby's, Texas Ferry Supply's got them. <laughs> Sorry, Mareka, we cut you off. There. <laughs> Good. One more jingle. Any other any hot takes? Any hot take jingles? No, wrong way. <laughs> this week, get so mad. This week, what we got planned? Um, how do you want things to pan out? Um, let's start with Jeff. I'm my kid's been cooking a lot, and I'm psyched to see what she's going to cook this week. So it's been a lot of fun doing that. And then um, some knives are going out the door. I got uh, Tony's going to come down this week, which I'm happy to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. And um, I'm optimistic, and I'm sending peace and love to my friends in Texas, especially Ben Snoor. Just if you watch his stories, he uh, he he they 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 froze the pipe. The pipes froze, and his uh, his bosses. Uh, 
place and it and when the thawed everything everything melted and he had to take he had four inches of water throughout the house so i'm sending peace and love to the people of texas i'm i am sorry i am sorry i had nothing to do with it but i am sorry <laughs> Morocco, what's the dream for the week? Dream for the week. Uh, a dream for the week is to get in and clean up that bolster on that knife, and hope hopefully everything goes smooth, and it's not too much of a pain in the ass. Uh, hope everything on the Damascus end goes well. Um, should like I said, it's a pretty straightforward pattern. Um, so fingers crossed on that. Um, I too, my heart goes out to the people down in Texas who are really struggling right now. Um, yeah, uh, on top of Ben's story, there's just all kinds of people in really fucking horrible situations. <sighs> shit down there, it's terrible. So, heart goes out to all of them. Um, and then, uh, oh, Neil Kamimura's birthday, Kamimura, Neil Kamimura's birthday is coming up on the 23rd, on Tuesday. And, uh, and Ben Snur's birthday is actually on Friday. So, happy birthday to those guys. Wow, the Which birthday we, show. Yeah. Hey, is it me? Just some well wishing Neil, to our friends. Is it me, or does Neil live on like some sort of exotic fruit farm? He, I mean, he, it is incredible. Yeah, he just got a hold of a new piece of property, and um, and he's. I think he also just got a shop moved up there, and yeah, it's a, it's, it's basically it used to be a coffee plantation. Um, I think they're actually gonna keep growing coffee. They got all kinds of fruit wow. trees: avocado, banana. Mango, all kinds of plants all over the yeah, place. Yeah, orange tree too. Oranges, yeah, they got everything. They got a couple. Yeah, he's getting it set up. I can't wait to get out there and do some work nice. with him and see the place. And ten percent off your Kamamura coffee with knife talk. <laughs> it's crazy. His new shop. It, he so he's got barn doors on the front that slide and barn doors on the back that slide open, and the ones that open up on the back look straight out into the Pacific Ocean. We're right oh. exactly where the sun sets. It's nuts. That is something else, that guy. Yeah. It's something else. (laughs) Wow. That's the dream right there. Well, he's worked his fucking ass off for it. He deserves every second of it. I'm just freezing my nuts off in this car, holding on to a fucking (laughs) electric radiator with one hand while we uh, podcast. (laughs) Fucking balls are freezing up in my throat, for Christ's sakes. (laughs) I don't have any goddamn orange. The only orange is here, the orange parts of my fucking uh, vice grips. Uh, okay, I suppose my dream. I should. I should start with um, sending out my my regards to everybody in Texas. Otherwise, I'm the prick who didn't do it out of the three of us. So yeah, obviously thinking of everybody out there who uh, haven't gone some hard times at the moment. Um, my dream for the week is soldiering on. I think um, there's there's no sort of end goal to the stuff I'm currently working on is just building up stock. So yeah, soldiering on, um, making sure nothing goes wrong, nothing breaks on me and um, having the energy to, to get through this week because as I, we've just got a lot going on at the moment. Um, we've got a bloody kids park I need to build this week as well, ready for next <laughs> weekend. So it's this, yeah, it's a very varied week I've got coming up. Again. But that's it. I think that may well be a show. Um, remember, if you've got any hot takes and you want to hear this jingle again, (laughs) 
That's my. I think that's my new favorite. Um, <laughs> Everyone's send them your new to favorite. One sentence. It needs to be one sentence. That's all. Um, send them to a knife talk. Uh, are we knife talk podcast or just knife talk on Instagram? There are some. There are some flea bags who are knife talk on Instagram that are not us. Oh jeez. There are some flea bags out there that are not us. But what are we on? I'm trying to think what we are. We're knife talk podcast on Instagram. What does the guy podcast. say? Um, the guy says, "Contact us via DM at knife talk on Instagram." Oh, just knife talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me see here. We are just knife talk then, unless we've had it wrong all this no, time. We, it's no, knife it's knife talk, talk podcast. Talk, yeah. Oh fuck that guy! <laughs> We've had it wrong for a long time. Hot take: We don't know. We don't listen. <laughs> and with that, that's the show. <laughs> this show is brought to you by the Makery, the podcast network for makers. I can't believe you've had it wrong all this time. <laughs> It's been about a year. Oh, well, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, there's some people getting really pissed off now getting DMs asking, you know, their quenched oh, temperature. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah, there's... Oh, I'm going to look up all the different knife talks on Instagram. Yeah, there's a lot of them. It doesn't look like many of them have very many followers. One no. Zero. There is a podcast called Knife Talks as well now. Oh, my God. Um, kidding me? I saw that. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, fuckers. I think the guy's got issues, to be honest with you. I don't think he's fully mentally stable. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's many people listening, to be honest with you. Fine. Poor yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> that went well. That, that, I think that was, it's a shame oh Morocco was cutting out all the time. But, yeah. Um, so sorry about that. It's all right. No, it's, it's, it's old it's ass still computer, shitty Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. I think you've got your webcam on as well, Morocco. Maybe that's Oh, my God. I did have my webcam on. Yeah. Put some pants on next week, please. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought you guys liked the helicopter dick. <laughs> Whoa! What's helicopter dick? You don't know what the helicopter? Di- <laughs> of course, I don't know. Oh, it. That's man. what I'm asking. What's a helicopter dick? Google it. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna Google it. I'm the fucking it's a podcast. I'm not googling helicopter dick. That's just what I need on my search history. Uh, There's a great re- SNL skit about helicopter. I'll send it to you. It's pretty. What funny. is it? There's there's a UR there's a website that you can go to and it's like it, it sounds like a completely innocuous you know simple website that you know innocent but it's a full screen video of some guy helicopter in his cock when you when you press it what is he just wiggling his dick around and yeah, just swinging I'm, around I'm gonna text my wife now and find out what it was cause I don't text your wife because she's gonna think you're a fucking <laughs> wacko I guess that's the name of your new pub the helicopter dick yeah <laughs> the landing pad. <laughs> the landing pad oh, that's not geez. a bad one boy some of the names people have been putting on for your thing that was terrible I wouldn't jump I didn't do it just because it was like he got his own he's got his own problem he's, he's like I could tell you were like these are terrible names yeah yeah I stopped looking in the end because it was just like, really really <laughs> really but so are you going to have like uh, how do you I'm just out of curiosity how are you going to how are you going to like decor the place is you going to have like a big are you going to use the wood from the place to make the bar yeah oh yeah yeah so we'll have a big you know a proper bar um, and you know the walls are stone anyway so it's perfect like an old fashioned pub that you get in the UK nice. um, so not much work needs to be done to it to be honest with you but yeah it's the bar um, obviously I brew my own beer so there'll be taps there with my own beer on it and um, there's another are you going to make tables and stuff like well, 
in so there's the bar area then you can go through like this archway into another little area um and what we're going to do we're going to make like a big booth there so as you go in it's just one big booth so everybody sits mm. around the edges with a big table in the middle so when we've got people coming over for a drink and you know game night or whatever it is we, we always just go in there um and it's you know a little like log burner in there as well so it's nice and snug it's like fun it should be really floors? cool um, stone floors, stone, so okay. even better. And and it's almost recreating where um, Amy and I got married. We got married in, um, it was like a forest. It's a place to actually call forest. Um, and it's, you know, acres and acres of a forest and you, everybody camps there. And we hired the whole place for the weekend, so everybody came. But there's this little pub on site. And we actually got, we had our formal ceremony outside in the, in the, in the forest, but then we had the legal ceremony in this little tiny little stone pub. Mm. So basically we're recreating that little stone pub. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. That I'm just, like I'm fun. Does it have yeah, a hearth I mean, in it? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, it, it, it used to be, um, I think, I mean, it's sort of two, three hundred years old again. This house, um, but at one point it was used as the the piggery, so where they they put the uh, the pregnant pigs for them to you know to deliver <laughs> the there. Piggery. Well, that's the, the name piggery. of the pub then, the piggery. So, well, the that's portion the the is pub right there. called in French. <laughs> the piggery possibly. is the piggery is not a bad name. Quite possibly, but uh, yeah. So I'm lucky. So it, <laughs> this was originally going to be my wife's um, office and her own little sort of snug area, um, but she then realised that that. Even though the walls are like two foot thick of stone, she realized that that backs onto what's going to be my workshop. So she doesn't want to be on a call for work and hear, you know, a grinder going off or something. So she's now going to have a cabin in the in the uh, in the garden, like an you know outdoor office cabin kind of thing. Oh, nice. Um, and this is now going to be our pub. So yeah, I'm super super pleased. Super pleased. I but tried so. building like a kind of like a. We used to go to. We used to go to St. John and the Virgin Islands all the time, mm. and I loved I loved how you know bare bones everything was. And we were going to build something. I was going to build something outside, and I actually built like a, I built like an outdoor uh, table that like butted up against the barbecue grill, and we had chairs and stuff. Mm. It was such a production, and it was just like we just I just took it all down. But I really would love to have something like that, like an outdoor patio where you can. Or something like that where you can do it but we're like my wife and i are just like we gotta just fucking get out of this house and get a new house and get somewhere else because mm. we don't want to spend another nickel on this motherfucker sure hmm. still bitter about that bloody statue job you didn't get with the county good that state. was a that was a bad one dude that was a bad <laughs> one that was a bad that was a bad beat yeah. <laughs> i signed off in this whole fucking town i was like <laughs> i was like fuck you all you're not gonna give me this thing well fuck you i'm not helping you out either <laughs> Wow. Leave all your, your unpaid parking tickets as well, and you're off. Speaking of which, that episode of the Full Blast podcast, I had uh, I sent a message to my friend who was intimately involved with that story, mm. and I said, "You can fact check the story and tell me if I'm in, in, uh, embellishing or if I'm exaggerating. You tell me exactly." And he goes, "That was exactly what happened." So I got <laughs> a confirmation that like my story wasn't a bullshit story. Yeah, nice. heartache. Nice. So going forward, Mareko, are you happy with this time? Um, you know, recording in the mornings or, well, you know, what yeah. do you think? I mean, I'm fine with the time. I'm sorry. I, I, I guess sometimes I think some days I'm definitely not as bright eyed and bushy tailed. I don't know how you guys <laughs> thought I was today, but 
you're, uh, you're, you're, you're fine. But like, no, I didn't mean. I just meant the inconvenience of having to get up super early and all well, that. Yeah, I didn't mean that. At all. When we do, when you do any podcasting outside of your normal six a.m. thing, you're different. I mean, people are sending me messages saying, "You got to stop. You got to stop waking him up so early. You got to let him breathe a little bit before you start the podcast." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah, my brain usually takes a couple hours to wake up. <laughs> um, I would definitely consider but, in, sorry, in regards to that, but it's just like we would probably have to stay away from weekends. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that would be my concern is because it would, if like like when we did uh, the full blast recording, twelve noon was great for me, and it was the end of the day for you. Um, but I don't know what that, I think that works out to like, what, nine, nine o'clock, oh wait, seven o'clock, nine o'clock for Craig? That's even better. Honestly, oh. the later, the better for me because the, the kids will be in bed. Um, right. It's like now I've got my phone going off saying, Amy, you finished yet? You finished yet? Are we taking the kids out? And I'm like, oh. oh I would yeah. definitely okay. do Fridays at three for me, which is normally when I do pull blast at three Eastern Standard Time on uh, Mondays. I would definitely do three o'clock because- so, Three o'clock works for me because then by the time I'm done, I can go home. It's the perfect time I get home and and then right. I f and then I can walk the dogs. So what time is that for you, Mareko? It's noon. It's lunch time for me. And you happy with that? Yeah. Okay, that that would suit me perfectly. That's sort of 10 p.m. here. The kids are in bed. Um, and you can I get a probably loose. would have had a little bit of a drink as well yeah, on a Friday night. Perfect. You know, it's a bit, maybe a bit looser. You're gonna loosen, loosen up that tongue, Loosey goosey. You're gonna go yeah. down to the piggery and get pork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, do you know that's gonna happen? Future episodes will be from the pub. That'll be awesome. Oh, dude, we'd have to get you both over for um, a live awesome. edition in the pub. <laughs> that would be great. Yes, that would be great. At least someday. Happen. If we're gonna do it though, so, it'd have to be for at least a week. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, that yeah, I, if we, if you guys want, I'm totally down for Friday. Friday at that time would be fucking awesome. And then yeah. I think we're gonna have a different dynamic because I, I think, think so. And also that means that we've got the weekends off completely, right? You know, um, I, it definitely works for me. If you two guys are happy with that, we yeah, it definitely works for me. Sure. I, my I my family wants around beer. <laughs> there we go. Friday it is then Friday. So well, yeah, yeah, it's sort of yeah, and. Yeah, end of the week for you two. Um, yeah, let's do it. Friday. Friday at um, 3 p.m. Jeff's time, noon, Morocco, and 10 p.m. for me. Perfect. Cool. It's going to be a different, it's going to be a very interesting, different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to see. Um, what I might do is what I mean, Squadcast, like we're using now, um, there's this, uh, this other program called Zencaster, which has just had a massive update. Um, and I think that would work better for our sort of workflow as well. So it'll be the same for you guys. You just click on a link and you're in okay. to record. Um, but yeah, it'll just be Zencaster instead of Squadcast. I think that'll right. be better for the future as well. So we'll we'll try that as well on Friday. Cool. Um, that's okay. Awesome. Right. Okay. I need to go because my phone is going again. Yep. Um, I was hoping Amy was going to reply with the uh, the website for the the guy helicopter in his dick. She <laughs> <laughs> thinks you're a weirdo. It's like a completely like. Um... Yeah, I'm not going to look it up. So just, <laughs> I don't want that on my search. D. I don't want that in my searches. Helicopter dick. I'll surprise it with you one day. You'll ask me. Yeah. A question. Oh I'll yeah. Send you that yeah are you going to surprise me down the piggery? Instead. You have your dick out in the piggery, fucking swinging it around. <laughs> No, you got to look up SNL skit. It's a digital short called It's Not Gay If It's a Three-Way. 
<laughs> you know, I tell you what. It's good. It's going to look like, good in your search history. So I'm not going to do that either. I, I want to like <laughs> SNL. It sucks. Hot take. It sucks. Yeah. SNL sucks. Uh, what are you watching this weekend, you guys, anyway? Anything good? I tell you what other what else sucks. Here's a hot take. Vision of WandaVision sucks. I'm trying my hardest to hope it's going to be just like the comic books. This is terrible. I have no idea what that means. It's bad. Okay. It's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus. I love okay. Disney Plus, but goddamn, Vision WandaVision sucks. And I don't, I don't, but everyone says it's great. I'm like, God, I'm trying. I could use something new to watch. I tell you what, I watched an old film. Well, it's not super old, but um, last night, um, Meet the Millers was on. Um, my wife and I watched that. We've seen it years ago, and uh, it's just it just cracks me up. What's There's that? So many. You haven't seen Meet the Millers? Oh, well, remind me. Maybe it's I have. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. The guy who played Ted Lasso. Um, and it, it's like a National Lampoon's kind of. You know, yeah. that's is it good? Humor. It's hilarious. It's, it's brilliant. The little kid called Kenny. It's just, it's just, it's just brilliant. There's so many moments that you just on the floor laughing. It's very good. <laughs> but you know, lighthearted, not serious. It's just a complete, you know. Escape. You know, you know who I watch a lot on YouTube now. I, I still watch the Food Ranger, that maniac. Hmm. There's a guy by the name of Mike Chen who I think I think he's got a YouTube channel called Strictly Dumplings. And he just travels the world eating like ramen, and mm. it's so much fun to watch. I can't stop watching these food shows. I can't yeah. stop watching these food reviews. I, you know, what I even also love. <laughs> I love Dave Portnoy's does a Barstool Radio does a Barstool uh, Barstool uh, Sports does a, a pizza review. I can't stop watching those guys in pizza reviews, and it, his reviews are so good. Mm. I'll have to check it out. I, the fucking food thing. Maybe it's because we're not eating any meat it. these days. Yeah, I've been watching. I watched uh, the Bridgerton series over on Netflix. Is it good? I liked it. Yeah, it was good. Um, and filthy. Then, from what I've what I can get. I haven't <laughs> seen any, but I've heard it's filthy. <laughs> I don't know. If Is it's it filthy? Like you mean sex wise? Oh, yeah, I mean there's there's a Apparently bit of sex so, in yeah. there. Yeah, there's a lot of sex yeah. in it. So what's Jeff it about? Right. Uh, it's kind of like a. a fantastical world of kind of like along the lines of uh downton abbey but um very i don't know like marie antoinette kind of color scheme and i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's downtown with fucking basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the strap line for the the series downtown with fucking just what you're waiting for and then uh have you ever seen um oh shit groundhog's day with bill murray Oh, we fucking yes. love that movie. Yeah, yeah. that's so, a fucking awesome movie. There's a new movie that can't, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's called The Map of Tiny Perfect Things, and it's kind of a play on that kind of that idea of how the reporter keeps living the same day, but it's uh with like these kids, and hmm. they've been in it for years, and they find each other, and it's weird. It's interesting. It's cool. It's it's a sweet story. It's more like a, it's not like a rom com or anything like that. It's, it's just a I don't know. I liked it. That reminds me. Definitely same feel. I watched on Amazon Prime, I binged Hunters. Have you heard of Hunters? No. Mm -hmm. It's basically like a Nazi hunting crew. It's like, it's kind of, it has like a Quentin Quentin Tarantino style. 
it's it has it, the beginning seems like that, but then it really turns not into that. And then okay. Al Pacino's in it, and he's he's great. And it's all about this. He's it's a strange, very, it's a very very bingeable show about you know, this this group who hunt Nazis, like Nazis who escaped Germany and who are now living in the United States. It's very good, very very good. I finished that off, and the 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 end, the the last scene, the last episode is like a, such a shocker that just like, you know, it's hard not to watch it. It's just, and then they made it so impossible for Amazon to not bring it back for a second season. So, hey, Hunters is great. I'll check that out. Nice, sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Right, I've got to go. I've just had a ah. Okay, you ready for this, Jeff? Go ahead. If you want to bring up, should we should we do a, a reaction here so we can hear? Go ahead. <laughs> If you go to meatspin.com... Oh, fuck no. I'm not going to that. I know what that is. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing Lemon Party. I'm not doing any of that shit. You can forget it. I'm not doing... I'm not falling for... I'm not doing Two Girls, One Cop. I'm not doing any of that shit. I don't like that stuff. It's fucking meatspin. gross. Meatspin.com. Oh, fuck it, yeah. no. Your, your wife so sent me to go to Meatspin? God damn it. That's crazy. Right. He's nuts. I've got to go because she's obviously on meatspin.com at the moment. So, <laughs> right, I've got to go. I shall speak to you all on Friday, Friday this week. <laughs> right then, speak to you Friday. Cheers. Bye. This show is brought to you by The Makery. The Podcast Network for Makers. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.